The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 202 The Work Spreads Beyond Jerusalem I have been praying fervently, Peter said to John, petitioning God to show us what to do about Saul's attack on our brethren. He was gravely concerned for the brethren after the stoning of Stephen and Saul's violent action to imprison and slaughter men and women. I believe Christ has shown me that this horrible persecution could be a blessing. It can be used to spread the word, not stop it. John listened carefully as Peter continued. We need to encourage our brethren to flee from Jerusalem to save their lives. I also believe that Stephen's heroic example shows us that our Lord intends to use other laborers besides us to spread his message. Jerusalem should remain as our headquarters with a small congregation of its own. Peter continued with confident faith. Our leading men who leave here can help establish congregations under our authority and with our guidance. John shared Peter's excitement. He imagined a network of congregations spreading beyond Jerusalem. This network would provide Christ's apostles locations to visit. He said to Peter, During our visits, we can strengthen and unify the scattered brethren with new revelation as Christ unfolds it to you. John's vividly prophetic imagination could see that, given time, many congregations would eventually spread throughout the earth. What an incredible time to be alive. John thought. The two men went to meet with the other apostles and the brethren with a renewed energy and strategy to do Christ's work. Philip, one of the first seven ordained deacons, fled northwest to Samaria with a small group of members. He knew it would be a safe place for them to escape the persecution in Jerusalem. Leaving the city, he paused and gazed back toward its walls and gates. He thought deeply about the violent execution of his friend Stephen. Jerusalem had proved to be a city of death for God's prophets, Jesus Christ, and now Stephen and other new followers of Jesus. He felt deep sorrow at the loss of his friend and dear brother in the faith. His heart ached because of the violence done to whole families. Yet he was full of hope. A better resurrection was coming for Stephen and the other martyrs. Philip did not fear persecution. From Peter and John's parting encouragement, he understood clearly that this band of followers was not retreating from Saul or the Jewish leaders, but advancing to spread the gospel of the kingdom of God. Our future may be dangerous, but it will be exciting to help spread God's word, he thought. 
Then Philip began to reflect on the dishonorable history of Samaria. He knew that the Jews, especially the Jewish leaders, rejected its Gentile citizens, calling them dogs. The Samaritans considered themselves Israelites, descendants of the patriarch Jacob. However, they were a mixed race. When the nation of Israel was conquered and taken into captivity by Assyria, Shalmaneser and other kings moved five different tribes of Babylonians into their cities. These transplanted people brought their Assyrian and Babylonian gods and pagan practices with them. The God of Israel hated their worship of false gods on his land. This was the same sin committed by the nation of Israel under Jeroboam. God hates idolatry, Philip whispered to himself. As he approached Samaria, Philip wondered what Christ would have him do when he arrived. Philip knew that God personally dealt with the Samaritans just after Israel went into captivity. The people living in Samaria needed to fully understand their dubious past. They certainly need to repent of following their mixed-up religion, he thought. Philip could see their history as it was written on the scripture scroll. He had studied it many times. To punish their abhorrent practices, such as offering their children as burnt sacrifices, God had sent lions among the Babylonians transplanted to Israel's land. The new colonists thought the lions were attacking them because they were not properly worshipping a god of the land of Israel. So they requested that the king send a priest of Israel to teach them how to worship the god of their new land. The king of Assyria sent them an Israelite priest who was trained in the false religion of King Jeroboam. This priest was not one of God's Levites. Philip was justly angry. These people were deceived by an Israelite priest who taught them pagan practices while showing them God's name? What an insult to God, he thought. And how tragic for these people. The Samaritans never gave up their Babylonian mystery religion. On top of that, they embraced King Jeroboam's pagan practices. Philip groaned in anguish. Those traveling with him expressed concern. I'm fine, he said. However, he was thoroughly upset that the Samaritans had been doubly deceived. They remained Babylonian idolaters. The Samaritans had never obeyed the God of Israel. Maybe their opportunity was finally coming. When Philip and his tiny band of brothers and sisters entered Samaria, they drew immediate attention. Rumors of religious trouble in the neighborhoods of Jerusalem had reached the Samaritans. Having often been in conflict with the Jews, many in the city were curious to know what was happening in Jerusalem. There was one man by the name of Simon who was probably the most curious of all. 
Several Samaritans approached Philip. Welcome to our city. Welcome to our city, they said with polite smiles. The group's clothing led the people welcoming them to assume they were from Jerusalem. How goes everything in Jerusalem? They asked with intense interest. Philip, filled with God's Holy Spirit, recognized that Christ had opened a door for him to start speaking. He began telling them about Jesus Christ, his commission on earth, his gospel message about the kingdom of God, and his crucifixion and resurrection. It didn't take long for a big crowd to surround him. It turned out to be a great day for Samaria. The people listened carefully. All who heard Philip wanted to do what he said they should do, just as Stephen had in Jerusalem. Philip began to perform wonderful miracles to help the people. Unclean spirits were cast out of many people possessed of them. People suffering from paralyzing tremors were healed. Many lame began to walk again. Great joy filled the city. The man named Simon carefully observed everything taking place. He too was impressed with Philip, his message, and his miracles, but for a different reason. In history, Simon is better known as Simon the Sorcerer, or Simon Magus. The word Magus indicates that he was a member of a priestly caste of ancient Persia, a priest of the Babylonian mystery religion. Our modern words magic and magician come from the word magus. Simon had been practicing sorcery in the city for a long time, claiming that he was someone great. The people of Samaria strongly believed in him. All of them, from the least to the greatest, said, This man is the great power of God. It was Simon's sorcery that had caused the people of Samaria to be infested with demons and afflicted with poor health. Satan knew God would do a work in Samaria. He wanted to stop it before it could start. Simon was a chief minister of Satan who wanted the people to worship him and not God. They ignorantly did so until Philip arrived. Many of the Samaritans were deeply convicted by Philip's preaching about the kingdom of God. They believed what he taught. What should we do to start worshiping the true God? To start worshiping the true God? They asked. Repent and be baptized. He answered with joy. Many women and men obeyed Philip and were indeed baptized. Philip was so excited about what was happening in Samaria that he sent word back to Peter and the other apostles in Jerusalem. This was big news. But he realized that only God's ministers could lay hands on the Samaritans 
for them to receive God's Holy Spirit. Even Simon believed much of what Philip was teaching. He requested to be baptized too. Philip baptized Simon. Yet there was something that was not quite right with Simon. He followed Philip around everywhere and seemed to stand as close to him as possible. He seemed more interested in the power of the Holy Spirit and the dramatic miracles taking place than in hearing the truth of God. Philip looked forward to the Apostle's visit from Jerusalem to help him understand what was wrong with Simon. When Peter received the news about Samaria, he decided to take John with him and go immediately to Samaria. On the way, the two apostles discussed Philip. It was obvious that God was using Stephen in a powerful way. It looks like Jesus Christ wants to use Philip in the same way he used Stephen. Peter said to John, It is so important that we have the support of dedicated men like Philip. John responded, Both men walked quickly. They were thrilled about how God was expanding his work in Samaria. When Philip opened the door of his rented room and saw Peter and John, he was excited and relieved at the same time. He was deeply honored that these two apostles, who were close to Jesus Christ, had come to lay hands on the newly baptized individuals in Samaria. Philip quickly updated them on what had taken place since he arrived in the city. While many of them have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, none have received the Holy Spirit as yet, he said, and he talked to them briefly about Simon. This man follows me around constantly, he told Peter and John. Philip had planned to meet with the people who had been recently baptized that morning. Peter and John had arrived at just the right time. After freshening up from their long journey and eating a bit of food, the three men rushed off to the meeting. Peter's face lit up as he saw the crowd of people awaiting Philip's arrival. Philip introduced the two apostles to the crowd, and the people surrounded Peter and John, greeting them with great gladness. What an experience for the Samaritans! Two of Jesus Christ's specially chosen men were spending time with them. Simon was also present. Peter stood up before the crowd to speak briefly to them. Philip tells us that all of you have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, but you have not yet received the gift of God's Holy Spirit. John and I want to pray at this time that God gives you his most precious gift. Peter explained. Please bow your heads. Peter and John, asking God to give them the gift of his Holy Spirit, laid their hands on each of them. As they did so, one at a time, the people received this miraculous gift from the Almighty. Simon Magus held back and watched with amazement as the people received the power of the Holy Spirit when the two apostles laid hands on them. Finally, 
he approached Peter and John. Looking at them intently, he said, Give this power to me too, so that anyone I place my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. He extended his hand to Peter and John, offering them a pouch of money. Peter was shocked by Simon's request. May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. He said with great power. Simon backed away from God's chief apostle, a scowl on his face. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Peter continued with fire in his eyes. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Simon did not like what he heard from Peter. Doesn't this man recognize I have great talents and abilities to lead people? He thought. Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Simon answered back. He understood that Peter had spiritual power and feared his words would come to pass. However, he felt no remorse for his sorcery. He showed no hint of repentance. Satan's sorcerer walked off quickly. Simon reflected on what he had seen in these men of God. He had enjoyed hearing about new religious subjects like grace and forgiveness of sin and began to wonder how he could incorporate them into a new religion of his own. I can preach Christ too, he said out loud as he walked down the street to his house. Simon would go on to found his own church. It would grow after his death into a powerful false church that would commit many violent crimes in history, especially against God's true church. God has prophesied that his people will be attacked again by this church just before Christ returns. God's true church must stay close to God to prevent from being deceived by Simon's religion today. Peter and John spent time teaching and answering the questions of the Samaritans. They were also able to spend some private time with Philip. They gave him counsel on how to help the people and to be on guard against Simon. Eventually, Peter and John needed to return to Jerusalem. However, they took full advantage of their trip home by stopping and preaching the gospel in many of the Samaritan villages. God had some more interesting work for Philip to do. At some point, Philip returned to Jerusalem, probably to have a meeting with God's apostles. While he was there, an angel appeared to him. <gasps> you can imagine the fright it might have caused him. Rise, Rise, and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, the angel told him. Philip obeyed. 
he got out of bed and dressed quickly. He walked out of Jerusalem and took the road south toward Gaza, exactly as the angel had instructed. Philip knew that when an angel was sent from God with a task to do, he had to do it quickly and precisely as told. It wasn't by chance that as he was walking, he saw ahead of him a beautiful carriage, obviously a royal one. Go over and join the chariot. The spirit moved on Philip's mind, so Philip ran to catch up. As he got close, Philip discerned that it was a carriage belonging to Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Inside was one of her court officials. Philip realized that this high-ranking Ethiopian eunuch was returning home after having worshipped in Jerusalem. Then he perceived that the man was reading aloud. As he listened, he began to make out the words, words he recognized well. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb, done before his shearer. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. This man was reading from the book of Isaiah, a prophecy about Jesus Christ. You there? Philip said to get the Ethiopian's attention. Do you understand what you are reading? The Ethiopian jumped, startled by Philip speaking to him. He quickly gathered his composure and responded. How can I, unless someone guides me? Please get in my carriage and teach me. The Ethiopian said, inviting Philip to ride instead of run. About whom, I asked, you does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? The eunuch asked. Philip now understood why he had been sent walking on this road. He began to teach the Ethiopian the gospel of Jesus Christ. This Ethiopian official believed everything Philip taught him. The Ethiopian wanted a place with God's people. As they were traveling along the road, they came to a pool of water. The eunuch grew very excited. See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? If you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. Philip said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The Ethiopian stated, he commanded the carriage driver to stop. He and Philip got out of the carriage and jumped into the water. Philip baptized Candace's official. The eunuch was filled with joy. Then something amazing happened. Philip disappeared, leaving the eunuch alone. The Spirit of the Lord had carried Philip away. The Ethiopian knew that a tremendous miracle had been performed on his behalf. He reboarded his carriage and went rejoicing on his way. It was a marvelous example of how God honors people of all nations and races who believe him, repent, and obey. Philip found himself at Azotus as he passed through. 
he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. What an incredible experience this must have been for Philip. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church. Mm-hmm.